0: At that time, the Betting Predators podcast, where our main objective is hunting down the best bets for you. I'm your host, Sleepy J. You guys can find me on Twitter at Sleepy J underscore pregame. Joined here by the football fanatics. Uncle Dave is in the house. You guys can get him at Dave underscore Essler. Stats and information guru Dan Rivera is here as well. You guys can get him at Dan Rivera 228. And the bookie assassin is here at Pregame Hitman. You guys can find him on Twitter at Hitman428. Chris Dell took the evening off. I got sound from Bernie, sound from McKenzie, sound from Jay Smoove. We got a bunch of games to get to. We have early games here on Thanksgiving. Then we'll go and we'll get to the Sunday games, and we have no time to waste. Let's jump right into our Thanksgiving Day games here, guys. We got the Texans at the Lions. Lions right now plus 2.5, plus 3. Total 51 and a half. Bernie has a best bet in this one. I honestly don't like this game one bit. I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to pass. Uncle Dave, I'll go ahead and throw it to you first. Texans-Lions, what do you
1: got? You know, I looked at this one kind of like the Broncos last game against Miami. You know, after Denver's streak of losses, how could anyone expect them to beat the Dolphins? And, while well, they did. And there's a similar scenario here. The Lions get shut out of Carolina. The Texans beat the Patriots. when I don't think many batters gave much of a chance of doing that. Lions had 185 yards, sacked five times, only held the bell for 23 minutes, averaged 3.4 yards of play. How can you bet on the Lions? Well, here's my deal. If Galladay, Swift, and Amendola play, and I can get three, which I can, I'll take the Lions. Cobb's already out for the for Houston. Stills is questionable. So is Tunsell. So I, I'm not overreacting to the Lions game nor the Houston game because all they really did was stop Cam Newton once on the final drive. And Stafford on his worst day is more dangerous, especially if the Lions are healthy, I like Detroit.
0: I'd be with you, Uncle Dave, if the Lions get those guys back. I, I certainly would have to take the Lions in that one. Hitman, what are you thinking? Texans lines.
2: Yeah, so I, I would probably lean to Houston, but I think that's a lot, The line has gotten away a little bit. It, it's just tough for me to play Detroit right now, considering that they went against Carolina, whose defense was playing not very good the past month. And they got shut out. And there's been a lot of trends this season about how Stafford has really not played well without Galladay. Well, not only do you likely have no Galladay, but you have no Amendola now. And you also have no Swift. So they're really short on weapons. And. One little thing that I was thinking about also is that Deshaun Watson just played an absolute tremendous game against the Patriots. Well, who runs the same exact defensive scheme as the Patriots? That's the Lions. And obviously, Matt Patricia runs a worse version of that scheme because he's Matt Patricia and the Patriots have Bill Belichick. So if Watson did that against Belichick, I think that he can have an absolute field day against Detroit. So if it's two and a half, I'm looking Houston three. I pass the game.
0: All right. Before we jump into
2: the next game,
0: let's go ahead and get into Bernie Fratto's best bet. If you guys don't know where to catch Bernie, you guys can catch him on Twitter at Bernie Fratto. You could also catch him each and every Saturday night on Straight Out of Vegas on Fox Sports Radio. Let's go ahead and see what Bernie has to say.
3: The Lions are catching three against the bad Houston Texans team. Believe it or not, Detroit is on a six and one run straight up and against the spread on these home Thanksgiving. Thursdays. However, uh, you know, don't get too excited because they're, they're barely 500 in, in the history of these games, so it's not like they have an itch. But in this particular game, there are three trends that got me on Detroit. One, teams that have to travel more than 850 miles to play on Thanksgiving Day, uh, they uh, only cover about 27% of the time. Check for Detroit against Houston. Number two, you got a situation where we found that. Older quarterbacks, more experienced quarterbacks, that face off against the younger ones do well on Thanksgiving Day. Again, that favors Matt Stafford over to Sean Watson. And like I said, Detroit's at six in a row. They're a decent, a bad team. They're laying points, so I like the Lions in this spot, especially coming off a shutout against Carolina. They'll play with the pride. Let's face it, the Lions stink. They're not going anywhere, and they're going to fire Matt Patricia at the end of the year. However. They'll do what they always do in November, December. They'll win some meaningless games, and they might even get to seven wins they get over their seat total of six and a half, but that's a competition for the day. Bottom line, take the Lions plus three as my best bet, and enjoy your Thanksgiving turkey.
0: All right, guys, there's Bernie Frado. He's going to go ahead and take the Detroit Lions as his best bet. Nobody knows the Detroit Lions like Bernie. Certainly wish Bernie the best of luck. Let's jump over to the Washington football team at the Cowboys. Cowboys are going to be minus three. Total, 46. Hitman, you have a best bet in this one. I have a strong play in this one as well. Uncle Dave, I'll let you go ahead and start out here. Washington, Dallas, what are you thinking?
1: Well, since you have a strong play and Hitman has a best bet, my my wishy-washy on this game would mean very little. So I'm going to officially pass and let you guys tell me who to take.
4: Come on. Why'd you
1: pass?
0: All right, Uncle Dave, no problem with going ahead and taking a pass on that one. I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to play the over. I had the over last week in the Washington and the Bengals game didn't turn out all that well for me. Joe Burrow went down and it was just, I mean, if you watch the game, it was one thing after another. I don't know. It was missed field goals. safeties taken off the board guys fumbling out the goal line. It was, it was a brutal game to watch, but I feel, you know, the Washington's going to come in here. They have enough weapons. I mean, you have McLaurin, you got Sims, you got Wright, you got the guys out of the backfield and McKissick and Gibson. I think this Washington team, I mean, if you really just line up all the teams in the NFC East, I think this Washington team is is just as good as all of them. At, at least on the offensive side of the ball, I think they're still pretty good on defense. So I think Washington will be able to go ahead and move it against Dallas. Uh, I'm not taking anything from you know away from Dallas's win that they had, but I do you know I still believe that that Dallas defense is is rather suspect. I think Washington will put points up on the board, and I think the Cowboys with with Dalton will go ahead and probably do the same. Uh, there's just too many weapons for that Dallas offense. I think 46 is too low. I could see this number probably closing somewhere around 48, maybe even 48 and a half. I can only see this going up, especially the fact that you know it's not on the Sunday slate, a game where maybe a lot of people aren't looking at. It's going to be one of the prime time games here. It's going to be a lot of money coming in, so it's it's kind of you know more or less you know it's like a standalone game in a sense. So uh, I think you see a lot of public money come in here. I think I think you'll see it probably on the over. So I would go ahead and jump on that rather sooner than later. I like the over Washington Cowboys 46 hit, man. you got a best bet. You're not going to go with the game. You're actually going to go with the player prop. What are you thinking? You could ask yourself a
2: question.
4: Do I feel lucky? Well, do you, punk?
2: Yeah, I like this prop a lot, Sleepy, and it's Terry McLaurin over 68.5 receiving yards. So McLaurin's went over this number in five straight games, and he's actually playing his best ball with Alex Smith. Out of the three quarterbacks that he's played with this year, Alex Smith, he's averaging 10.6 yards per target, which is more than Haskins and way more than Kyle Allen. And then you have the fact that you look at the matchup, and Dallas has been allowing crazy high receiving yardage numbers to opposing wideouts. And as recently as last week, we saw Adam Thielen play one of the best games that he's played in years against this team. And now you also have the fact that Dallas is not only without Trayvon Diggs, but they're also without Anthony Brown. So that's two corners that are out. McLaurin has been clearing this number last five games it's a great matchup. He's playing better with Alex Smith, Terry McLaurin, over 68.5 yards, and I would play it up to mid-70s. All
0: right, good stuff on that one from everybody. Let's jump over to Ravens at the Steelers. Steelers going to be minus 5, total 44.5. Uncle Dave, you have a best bet in this one. Why don't we go ahead and start out with you, Uncle Dave. Ravens, Steelers, your best bet. What do you got? Stick around.
1: Yeah, I don't think you can overreact to that Ravens loss, especially after the game when Lamar says, well – the other team seemed to want it more. I mean, that's pretty telling. I was watching that game and wondering which Harbaugh was in more trouble, the one in Michigan or the one in, in Baltimore. Um, and having said that, the time to bet on Pittsburgh was Sunday night at, at two and a half, three. not now at four and a half, 5.5, five whatever it is. I Like the under here, you know, the Ravens have lost 3 of 5. If it weren't for a failed two-point conversion in Philadelphia or a Phillip Rivers gift in Indy, uh, they could be 0-5 in, in their last five games. And, and honestly, they don't really have a good win this season and honestly if the season ends today they're not a playoff team And and their last game against the steelers a four-point loss they outgamed the steelers by over 200 yards and 1.4 yards per play and lost and if four turnovers are going to do that well i suspect they clean that up somewhat combined for 52 points between them in that game i think was the turnover anomaly i do respect the ravens ability to limit the big plays I don't have faith that they can execute big plays. So I like the under here. Obviously, if Juju is out, that's a help. If Joe Hayden is out, Baltimore I can't do anything about it. So my best bet, I bet Raven Steelers under 45 and a half. Uh, it's not quite that good now, but I still think it's solid at 44.
0: All right, guys, there's Uncle Dave's best bet. Going to go ahead and play the under in the Ravens Steelers game. I'm going to go ahead and listen to what the hitman has to say on this one first. Maybe he can sway me. I, I kind of had a little bit of a lean here. So if he's kind of going in the direction that I'm going, maybe I'll, I'll go ahead and follow. Hitman, what do you think about Raven Steelers?
2: Well, I'll do my best with that, Sleepy. I, uh, I, I like Baltimore, but at the current number of 5, 5.5, I'm not playing it. So what I'm doing is I'm waiting on this game because there's supposedly more Ravens that have Corona that has been officially announced. So what's inevitably going to happen as soon as we hear that news? The line's probably going to go up a little bit. It went up from three to four after the running backs were announced. Today it went up again to five, five and a half. So – I think that the time to play Pittsburgh was when that news first came out, and eventually we're going to get to the point where there's going to be an overreaction to all this corona news, I think, and in a series where, let's be honest, you could throw out the records, you could throw out stats most years in this series. It's always going to be a close game, and the Ravens outplayed them, quite frankly, in their first matchup this season, but obviously the turnovers doomed them and all that, so I I would... I'm. I like Baltimore but I'm waiting on this line to see if I could get six six and a half I doubt seven pops up but that's the direction I'm walking
0: yeah I think it's best to probably go ahead and see what really ends up transpiring with the line and all the players that may be in or out I was leaning to going ahead and teasing up the Ravens and a lot of that is just these teams just generally play you know they play close games and I know the Ravens you know, they haven't looked good, and you got the Steelers that are 10-0, and 0, but you have to imagine that that the pressure, I don't want to say it's really on the Steelers. I guess I could probably take that back. I think the pressure is probably on both teams here. I'm going to wait. If it turns out where the Ravens end up with, with maybe another key guy or, or two key, key guys out, I'll probably just go ahead and maybe I'll tease the Steelers down. And if it turns out to where I'm only missing the running backs and I have Gus Edwards back there, and the Ravens are generally healthy, then I'll probably go ahead and tease them. So I'm going to wait. So it'll either be tease the Ravens up, tease the Steelers down. Uh, my initial first thought was go ahead and tease the Ravens up because these teams generally just play close games. That's, that's kind of what I was thinking with that one. Uh, let's jump over to Sunday here, guys. We got the Ravens at the Falcons. Falcons plus three, total 55 and a half. Uncle Dave, I'll go ahead and start out with you with this one. Ravens, Falcons, how are you feeling?
1: Yeah, I mean, obviously the Falcons stock couldn't be much lower. And then and I said, no, maybe it could. How low was it before they fired Dan Quinn? It was pretty low. And did the Saints just beat them because they knew what Atlanta was going to do? Because they certainly didn't do it offensively. Do the Raiders just match up well with Kansas City because it is a division rival? You know, the look ahead line here was a pick, and now it's minus three. So I think the Raiders ship might have sailed for me, but I, I can look at the over here. Hawkins have played to five overs this season. Every single one of them was against a non-division opponent, which we'll remember next week when they play the Saints again. Raiders have only had one road game that didn't hit 53 points. That was at Cleveland with Cleveland weather. So I like the over here at 55, especially with the 26th and 32nd-ranked defenses in terms of yards per play. And I will assume for the moment that Ridley and Jones will play. But that can change. But I like the over.
0: Uh, if Ridley and Jones play, I'm going to go ahead and probably end up waiting on this one. Believe it or not, I'll actually go ahead. I'll take the Atlanta Falcons at home plus the three and a half. I I know it's the Falcons. And, and one of the things I've learned with this team, and I, I tried to tell everybody last week when they played the Saints, you know, playing that team when they're in a good spot and you expect them to do well, they don't cash tickets for you. They blow up right in your face and, and it happens, you know, time after time after time. But this is generally, you know, a good spot, you know, where you can get them at home, where they're catching points against a team who, you know, let's let's not take anything away from the Raiders in the last game. They, they lost the game, but that's going to turn out to be a tough game. You know, they have to go on the road now. So I think this is actually a, a tough situation for the Raiders and a, a spot where, you know, generally the Falcons probably do well. So I'm going to wait, and if I can get three and a half, and Julio and Ridley are both in the game. I feel pretty comfortable with that. Now, I lean slightly to the over. I would be careful with the Raiders this week. That that's I'll just warn everybody with that. I would just be a little bit careful. Hitman, how are you feeling about the Raiders and Falcons this week?
2: For me, it's simple. Matt Ryan this year has not played well at all without Julio Jones. When Julio Jones has been in the lineup, Matt Ryan's played really well. So – I could only look at Atlanta if Julio is in. I like Atlanta getting three. If Julio is out, then I'm likely passing the game.
0: All right, cool. So it sounds like you and I are kind of tracking similar there. Uncle Dave, he's going to go ahead. He's going to play the over. Let's jump over to the Cardinals at the Patriots. We have a double best bet in this one. Patriots going to be plus two and a half here at home. A total of 50. I'll go ahead. I'll save the best bets in this one till last. Hitman. I'll come right back to you. Cards, Pats, what are you thinking?
2: I think that we got to monitor the Kyler Murray not practicing. Now, I think that he's going to be fine, but he really didn't run much after that injury against Seattle, and you have to think that maybe they don't run him as much, and he's so reliant on his running ability that I would probably lean towards New England if I'm getting three in, in this spot, but if for, for me, it's probably probably a
0: pass. I'm more than likely probably going to end up passing this one, too. I mean, I, I saw what Murray looked like. I mean, he was wincing. He looked very uncomfortable. You know, had he been healthy and, and this line had been three, I think I would probably still try to go ahead and lay it here with the Cardinals. But the fact that, you know, this line just seems short. Uh, I'm probably going to end up going ahead and staying away. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. My gut feeling says that if Murray was healthy and he was okay, that we see a bunch of passing in this game. I don't know why. So I kind of lean to the over if, if Murray was healthy. Uncle Dave, how you feeling about the Pats and the Cards? This is your team, the Patriots. You know how they've been playing. You pretty much know everything about them. What are you thinking about them for this week?
1: Now I'm sleeping. I don't know that I have a read on this team anymore, to be honest with you. You know, there's part of me that wants to back the Patriots here simply because if it wasn't for a Hail Mary, the Cardinals would be losers of three straight. But if it wasn't for Newton not being able to finish that last drive, the Patriots would be winners of three straight. So, you know, there's just so much going on here that I, I just don't trust. England. I mean, when you get right down to it, it's a quarterback league and I can't trust Cam Newton. The Cardinals do have the second ranked rush defense in terms of yards per play. We know New England isn't going to beat anybody through the air. So if you made me, uh, I've been reluctantly taking Arizona, but I don't love it.
0: All right, good stuff on that from the guys. Let's jump over to our best bets here. We got one from McKenzie. We got one from Jay Smooth. Let's go ahead and start out with Mackenzie's best bet. Let's see what he has to say.
5: For my best bet this week, stop me if you've heard this before. I'm going with, I think I can start calling them my team, the Arizona Cardinals. I was bullish on Kyler Murray the end of last season. We were talking around the office. What's one thing coming into this season that you can make an affirmative I believe statement? And I said, I believe Kyler Murray is at least as good as Lamar Jackson, if not better. Lo and behold, the system didn't get really changed either much. He did get some help in DeAndre Hopkins, but he's just separated from the pack Kyler Murray versus all other mobile quarterbacks, at least mobile to the extent that he is. He runs a 4 3 he said. He, they didn't even have him run the 40 at the combine. They knew the man was quick. He can sling it. For a small guy, he's got a huge arm and an accurate touch. Plenty of explosive plays last year and this year down the field, on the ground, in the air. And the great Bill Belichick, he can scheme up a lot of things. There's really not much you can do with the extremely mobile quarterback that can launch it besides have superior talent. If you have great safeties and Aaron Donald and – linebackers that are smart as all get out and know what he's going to do, then yeah. But I don't think scheme has much chance against this Arizona Cardinals team. And I've said this all year. The NFC West is the NFC best. And we just saw the Rams won on Monday night last night. The only reason we don't rate these teams higher is because they beat each other. And they're kind of out of the way on the West Coast and they're not, you know, in the limelight as much as some of these other teams in some of these other divisions. But the Cardinals just lost to the Seahawks last week. And now everybody's down on them. They're six and four. They're okay. Whatever. You know, if it wasn't for a Hail Mary, they'd be a 500 team. Well, whatever. Imagine if instead of facing the Seahawks at home, the Cardinals had just routed, I don't know, the Bengals by 30 points last night. Do you think against a Patriots team that's under 500 that just lost to a one and seven Houston team would be about a pick em or might laying two or, I mean, getting two points? No. But because the Cardinals are off a loss, because the Patriots have the glimmer of the Patriots, we think these are teams that are. You know, in the same ballpark, I don't think they are. I think if the if the Arizona Cardinals were in the AFC or particularly the AFC East, they'd be running things. They'd be, they'd be dominant. And this wouldn't be a two-point line. This would be a four-point line. We get that hook. We get that magic number of three. Best bet, Arizona Cardinals minus two and a half. And just for, to put some numbers on my speculation about the NFC West's being so superior, NFC West out of division the last two years. 70-game sample size, 61% against the spread. However, combine that with the fact that being on the road has been such a mispricing in the NFL in general, particularly in non-division games, particularly when teams are traveling from west to east. Every old-school handicapper you know will tell you how bad that is. I think it's overrated at this point. If you look at NFC West teams on the road the last two years, 72% against the spread. We just saw the Rams get it done on the East Coast again. I really like this Cardinals team coming off a loss with extra rest to handily win this game. We just need them to win by a field goal. Confident in it. Best bet, Arizona Cardinals, minus two and a half.
0: All right, guys, solid analysis there from Mackenzie Rivers. He's going to go ahead and he's going to back Arizona. Let's see if Jace Move agrees with his best bet.
4: My best bet this week, I'll take the Cardinals as a a two-and-a-half-point favorite over the Patriots. Now The Cardinals have a little rest advantage coming off a mini-buy, and I expect they'll be playing with a little bit of added motivation to bounce back from Thursday's loss to the Seahawks. Now The obvious headlines during the offseason was Tom Brady leaving, the Patriots for the Bucs, but not enough emphasis has been put on how many key defensive players the Patriots were losing from last year's top-ranked unit. From players opting to not play because of COVID to being traded or leaving in free agency. And it's showing this season with their defense being one of the worst in the league when it comes to defending the pass. Now, the Patriots have especially struggled defending dual threat quarterbacks like Russell Wilson, Patrick Mahomes, and Deshaun Watson last week. And now they have to deal with Kyler Murray, who's showing he's just as talented and more explosive when it comes to using his legs as a runner. The Patriots allowed the previous three quarterbacks to average 289.3 yards a game with a 9-to-1 touchdown interception ratio, so I'm looking for Murray to take advantage of this defense in similar ways. This line opened as a pick, and it's currently 2.5, but I like it all the way up to 5, so I think there's still good enough value on the road favorites.
0: All right, guys, there you go. Back-to-back best bets. Gee, move on Arizona, McKenzie on Arizona. So we got two best bets. Both of those guys are falling on the Cardinals in that game. Best of luck to those guys. Let's jump over to, oh, this is our rapid fire segment. We got two games here lined up. These will probably be rather quick. Got the Dolphins at the Jets. Jets going to be plus six and a half. Total 44 and a half. Hitman, I'll go to you first. Rapid fire Dolphins, Jets. What do you got?
2: Lean to the Jets. Tough for me to play them, but over two is four starts this season. The Dolphins are... League low, four point three yards per play. I think that the Dolphins are overvalued, so it would be a lean to the Jets. All right, for me, it's been, it's actually been pretty good going ahead taking the
0: Jets. I think I cashed the last two times I played them, and uh, the Dolphins they kind of let me down last week. I didn't like what I what I saw, and the fact that Tua got benched, that kind of is creeping in my mind a little bit. I lean to the Dolphins. Just because I have a feeling that their their secondary really steps up here and Flacco might struggle. A six and a half seems, uh, it seems about right. So it'll be a lean to the Dolphins. More than likely, it's going to end up being a pass. Uncle Dave, Dolphins, Jets, what do you got?
1: Yeah, I mean, I agree with Hitman here. I don't know how the Dolphins can be a touchdown favorite right now, especially after that BS last week. And the Jets played with at least a modicum of respect in LA last week, and 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 I don't think I really don't think they want the zero and sixteen distinction. They put up fifty five points in the last two weeks, so is it possible the Jets are once again undervalued? I think they may be. Uh, this plus sevens out there. That if I were a better, I would take right now.
0: Let's jump over to our next rapid fire game here: Panthers at the Vikings. They are the Hitman's Minnesota Vikings. Vikings going to be minus four and a half total forty eight and a half. Hitman, I'll let you go and rip and run first. Vikings, Panthers, what are you thinking?
2: If Teddy Bridgewater's starting and I'm getting over a field goal, I like Carolina. I don't think I think Minnesota's the, the better team, but I don't think enough to warrant a four-point spread. I had a bunch of
0: trouble with this one. I didn't know if I liked the over. I didn't know if I liked the Vikings. I have a feeling that if Walker ends up playing this game, that the Panthers might get blown out. That's kind of what I'm thinking. I'll pass if Bridgewater plays. But if Walker goes in and he's a quarterback for the Panthers, I'll take the Vikings. I don't have a problem laying four and a half with them, especially coming off of the loss. Uncle Dave, Panthers, Vikings, what do you got?
1: Yeah, I have Bridgewater plays. You know, if you throw out the two games the Panthers played against the Bucs, they're, they're they're a four and five team with actually a plus point differential. So now take away Adam Thielen, it's Cook against the Panthers rush defense and, and trusting Cousins not to make mistakes, which is something I can't do. Uh, if Bridgewater plays, don't forget he's playing against a team that drafted him in the first round, even a little more motivation. Now, I just think Minnesota's done. I don't think Carolina is. I think right now Will's better than Zimmer. Bridgewater's better than Cousins. So give me Carolina plus the points if Teddy's going to play.
0: All right, good stuff on that game. Let's jump over to the Giants at the Bengals. Bengals are going to be plus 5.5 here, 42.5 for a total. We have a best bet in this game. I will tell you right now before I listen to what anybody on this pod says, before I listen to any other guys that the Giants are going to be probably one of the games that's going to be one 2 sheep of the week and the sheep of the week's been hot. We've won four in a row with that one. But uh, Dan, you actually have a pick in this one. Why don't I go ahead and start out with you, Dan Giants Bengals? What are you thinking? <laughs>
4: I'm going to go to
6: Squaresville and take the Giants here. Earlier today, there was an SI report leaking about how terrible the culture of the Bengals are, which I think is kind of odd in timing since stuff just now is leaking out. You had the Joe Burrow injury last week, and I was lucky I took Washington football team in my survivor pool, and I got lucky to win that. But once Burrow went out, I believe... Finley had 20 yards of total offense on that side of the ball, which is legitimately laughable. This team is done for the year. I'm going to pay to find out and see if that SI report is true about Zach Taylor being a terrible head coach with a terrible coacher, with the team looking forward to next year. I'll lay the points here at the Giants. All right, so Dan
0: is going to go ahead. He's going to back the Giants. Hitman Giants Bengals, what do you got? Is this rapid fire or no? It could be. Go
2: ahead.
4: <laughs> okay. <laughs>
2: Yeah, originally my instinct was to play Cincinnati just because there's no way the Giants should be this big a road favorites to anybody. But after that report that Dan just referenced about their culture there, I don't know how they're going to respond to Burrow being out. I think there's a good chance that this team just might be absolutely fried for the rest of the year. So for me, it's a pass. All right, so pass from the
0: hitman there, Uncle Dave Giants Bengals. What are you thinking?
1: Well, I'm thinking I'm probably not going to bet on the game, but I'm thinking if I do, I'm taking the under because uh, Ryan Finley really does suck. I, you know, I, I hate to say that, but you know, I've seen enough of him to know that he's not going to get any better. I can't trust the Giants on the road to cover that line, although they probably will. So, I think the best bet in that game is probably the under.
0: Can you guys confirm whether is Finley certainly going to be the starter this week?
2: So, Finley is definitely starting, and Dave was trying to be nice, saying, oh, well, I hate to be mean, but Finley sucks. Now, Dave, just say it. Finley sucks. Four touchdowns in a single game. Because I'm looking at stats right now with him. Over the last two years, 59 qualified quarterbacks. He's 59th in PFF grade. He's 58th in yards per attempt, and he's 59th in completion rate. So... Um, we're going to call a spade a spade. Finley is near unbackable with this Bengals roster and coaching staff. I think one of the things that we probably should consider
0: as well is the fact that the Bengals don't have their top running back either. I mean, they're back there running, you know, they're running Geo who was banged up last week. I don't even know if Geo got back in the game. And then they're running P Ryan. So, um, you know, if they're going to be compromised at the running back position, they're going to be compromised at the quarterback position. You know, it's going to be a tough, it's going to be a tough out for the Bengals to go ahead and and compete in that game. As I had mentioned, you know, I think a lot of people are going to end up falling on the Giants here. Um, I think we're just going to see a wave of Giants bets. I think if you want to go ahead and bet the Giants, you're probably going to end up wanting to do that right now. I could see a wave of money coming in this line, probably jumping up to um, near seven. Let's go ahead and jump over here to Mackenzie Rivers has a total, his team total best bet. Let's go and see what he got to say.
5: You will learn by the numbers. I will teach you. For my team total pick this week, it may seem obvious. It may be obvious. But if it's so obvious, how come the numbers aren't adjusting accordingly? I am going under Ryan Finley, the infamous Ryan Finley, and the Cincinnati Bengals under 18 points for the Cincy Bengals. This has a lot to do with the Giants. I'm going to get to Finley and, and his atrocities committed on the football field in just a minute. But this has a lot to do with the New York Giants. New York Giants have a pretty respectable defense, allowing only 23 points per game, 12th best in the league. But this is about the trajectory of the Giants, who I think have a very, very good chance, maybe even a 50-50 chance with the Philadelphia Eagles to go ahead and win the NFC East. It wasn't that long ago, October 1st I'm looking at, the Giants were 27-1 to to win the NFC East, 27-1. Now they're about 3-1. to What's happened? The Eagles have evaporated. The Cowboys have evaporated and then some. And Washington, try as they might, they're always going to be Washington. They're not going to win the NFC East. I mean, psh, maybe if Mike Shanahan was a coach again, maybe. But the Giants go into this bye week or went into this bye week with a new sense of life. They beat their hated rivals in the Eagles. And we've seen in the modern era since 2012, road teams... Off a of buy are 57% against the spread. Why? Focus. They have a week to recuperate, rejuvenate, all that good stuff. And then they have a planned business trip that they all can key in on, each player and each coach. In a week, we're going to Cincinnati, and that creates a momentum that we've seen tremendously helps these teams more so than the bye week in general and more so than the market has priced into their numbers. Now let's get to the Bengals. The Bengals franchise should fold at this point. They should end it. They should take that practice facility underneath the bypass, maybe package it with Washington, and they should just cease to exist, try to pay back as many investors as you can, try to duck the debtors you can't get a hold of or they can't get a hold of you. Just, just make out. Go to Mexico. Do what you can. It's over. It was probably over when they lost that Super Bowl to Joe Montana, but they persisted. There were a few days where Carson Palmer looked like he might win a playoff game, but what are they doing? They have one single asset that anyone cares about in a national sense, or probably locally too. That was Joe Burrow, who, the horrific news is now emerging, not only will miss the rest of this season, I'd say he's a 50-50 shot to play a single snap next season. Not only does he have a torn ACL, he's got a torn MCL. They're still looking for his PCL. It's somewhere on the grass of FedEx Field. They're not sure, but it's over. All of that hope from that Tom Brady-esque competitor that was Joe Burrow is gone. It's not only gone, it's mangled, and we don't know when it's coming back. In his stead, we have Ryan Finley, who's played three and a half games, never completed more than 50% of his passes, and his teams in those three and a half games are averaging less than 10 points per game. Zero last week coming in in mop-up duty against the Washington football team. I don't know much about Ryan Finley. I haven't seen much of Ryan Finley, but he's never scored more than 13 points in a game leading a team. He never completes passes, and from his measurables, he's not a guy that's going to create outside the box which you're going to need with this banged-up, horrendous Bengals offensive line. So the Giants, good defense, better than expected, extra focused off a bye, new glimmer of hope in possibly winning the NFC East versus the Bengals who have just had their glimmer of hope extinguished, Maybe the worst quarterback in the league under center for them, not off a bye. Add it all up, I just don't see... I mean, the Bengals can score 20 points in this game. I don't see how the 50-50 scenario can be that they score 18 points when Ryan Finley's career high was 13. Giants 24, Bengals 10, they get it done. Cincinnati Bengals under their team total. Of 18 points.
0: Oh, painless is waiting. All right, guys. Mackenzie Rivers kind of echoing what we've been talking about there. He's going to go ahead. He's going to play the Cincinnati Bengals under their team total. Seems like Mackenzie has absolutely no faith in the Bengals there. And if you're a Bengals fan, I think Mackenzie Rivers pretty much just ripped your heart out. But uh, let's jump over to our next game here. We got the Titans at the Colts. These are Dan's Indianapolis Colts. Colts can be minus three and a half here. Total 51 Dan, you have a play on this one. I'll go ahead. I'll save you till last since you know this Colts team. We'll throw it over to Uncle Dave first. Titans Colts, Uncle Dave, what do you got?
1: Yeah, I was a little surprised this morning to see three quarters of the tickets on the Titans, uh, to be honest. I mean, both these teams found ways to turn losses into wins last week. So for me, this is just as much about momentum as it is stats. And, you know, I just won't bet against the Colts defense. They held Henry to 103 yards two weeks ago, and they held Tannehill to 147 yards passing. Um, And it was in Tennessee. And I know we'd normally look for things to go in a different direction in a rematch, but I honestly think this is just a huge matchup issue for the Titans. You know, we keep waiting for the pretender shoe to fall. And it it might have. They've lost three or five and it could have been four or five. Uh, Those two wins in their last five games were over Lamar who can't pass and Nick Foles who Tennessee let throw for 355 yards. You know, that line this morning was down at three and a half at pinnacle. So I'm going to wait it out and, hope I can find a Colts minus three and I'll take them again. I was on it last week, got away with it. I'll do it again. I mean, I just can't, I I get the Tennessee love, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to drink that Kool-Aid. I'm going
0: to drink it, Uncle Dave. I'll go ahead. I'll take the Titans at plus three and a half. That's the only number I'll play them at uh, unless obviously I can get a four or something like that, but I don't think that that number will surface. I think this number probably does come down. Uh, I'll play the Titans here plus the three and a half. I don't know. I think that if anybody can go ahead and neutralize anything that the Colts can do with their rushing attack, it's going to be a a running back like Henry. Henry just gets stronger, and I think if you know if the Colts are really kind of kind of stepping up in the box, trying to go ahead and and stop Henry from doing what he normally does, uh, that's going to leave some openings for Tannehill. I just think three and a half is just too much. I think the Colts coming off that win of Green Bay is kind of making them a little bit overinflated. I would have probably made this number. I would probably would have made it around the same uh, as the Colts were laying last week, probably around two and a half. I think three and a half a half's just too much to go ahead and pass up. That's what I'll do. Hitman, Titans,
2: Colts, what are you thinking? I'm looking Titans in this one. I, I don't know if I'm going to play it, but that that's where I'm going to look. And it, it really just comes down to one simple thing. So many teams in the league, you could just say with them, you know what, I like this team or I dislike this team as a dog, and I like or dislike them as a favorite. And the Titans are one of those teams as a favorite even against bad competition. They have not fared well this year. But as an underdog, that's really the spots that I like to play them. They're short on talent this year, especially on defense. But they're very well coached. They're a tough, gritty team. So for me in this division revenge spot, uh, I would be looking Titans getting the three and a half.
0: All right, so we got 2-1 to one here for the Titans. Dan, you're going to end up being the, uh, I guess we'll call you the
6: tiebreaker. What do you got, Dan? Titans, Colts, how you feeling? Well, to paraphrase Uncle Dave, they're only my Colts when they lose, not when they win. But I like the Titans here. I'm kind of surprised we're still getting 3.5 here, so that's part of the reason why I like the Titans. But I have watched this Colts team. Aaron Rodgers has struggled against good defenses. We saw it again last week in that second half where they put up only three points this week. You get a Titans team who were embarrassed a week and a half ago on that Thursday night game to this Colts defense. I think you get a much better effort and performance of this Titans offense. And the Colts were a bit lucky with some of those special teams play. They had that block punt. And I believe they had another punt returned for a touchdown. So Mike Vrabel will get that shirt up, shirt up this week. And I just think the Titans are going to be much more motivated at, Colts minus 2.5 or less, I would look that way. But at 3.5, I have to play the Titans here, giving the Titans plus the 3.5. All
0: right, guys, seems like the majority of us are on one side and Uncle Dave's all by himself in an island. This
7: is not no normal, DJ. This is too the to hard
0: with And I know how Uncle Dave thinks. He probably doesn't care. He probably actually likes where he's sitting with that one. Let's jump over to the Chargers at the Bills here. Bills going to be minus 5.5, total 53 Dan, you got to play in this one. I'll come right back to you. How are you feeling about the Chargers and the Bills?
6: I like the Bills here. It's probably going to be a bit Squaresville. But when Adam Gates and Joe Flacco go up and down on your defense, I have some serious concerns for you. We know the Chargers have their Anthony Lynn debacle, late-game debacles. The Bills are coming off the bye. And toward that game two weeks ago against the Cardinals, even the game prior to that, you could definitely tell the Bills are really needing a break, that rest. They needed that badly. They got their break, and I think that's going to benefit them here tremendously. I got a much better coach and a much better team off of a bye at home, looking to really seal up their playoff spot. I'll lay the points here with the Bills, minus five and a half.
0: You know, the Bills are starting to remind me a little bit of of the Atlanta Falcons. When you put that team in a decent spot, they tend to just go ahead and uh, they don't show up. And I know everybody's kind of down on the chargers right now. And it's not like I want to take the Chargers, but I lean that way. I probably am going to end up having to pass this game. I kind of like the total a little bit. I think the total probably might be the way to go. I mean, I've I've been utterly shocked at how bad this Bills defense has been. I thought they were going to be one of the best defenses in the league, and it turned out that, um, you know, you could run on them, you could throw on them. And with the way that Herbert's been playing, somebody like Keenan Allen, I mean, you're not going to stop Keenan Allen. I would probably think over as well, but I will lean slightly to the Chargers just because I have a feeling that this is one of the games where, you know, the bills win by two, three, four and the five and a half is just a little bit too much. Um, that's what I'm thinking. Hit me. How are you feeling about the Chargers and the bills?
2: Well, I just spoke about how I like the Titans way better as an underdog and the chargers are the same exact team that I like way better as an underdog. Um, Herbert has really had success against the blitz, and he's had a lot of success throwing deep this year, which is the exact two things that the Bills' defense they does they blitz and they allow deep passes. So I think that they're going to get theirs. But with that said, the Chargers have allowed 28 or more points in eight straight games, and or I'm sorry, seven straight games. And four of those games were against Jets, Dolphins, Broncos, and Jags offenses. So this defense can't get a stop right now. I think Herbert has a good matchup. So you could put the pieces together. I like the over. All right, good stuff on that game. All right, Uncle Dave,
0: you get the final say in this one, Chargers-Bills. What do you got?
1: Yeah, I like the over here as well. The Chargers do catch a weather break compared to what it could be in Buffalo this week. And I know the Bills have had the extra – week to think about the hail mary loss but i worry about their defense they cruise through that easy schedule and some bad quarterbacks early on with the last two games against wilson and murray they've given up 76 points you know it's a big total it's gone up three points from the look ahead line but maybe not enough yet uh what i won't do is put it out on game day and ask clients to bet a terrible number wait wait people do that yes they do yes they do uh, plus six i can actually make a case for the Chargers. Were enough not for the Bills Buy, I probably would have already done it. And after this game, the Bills are, are at San Francisco in primetime, back home in a short week against Pittsburgh, then they're back out to Denver. So I don't like the spot here for the Bills at all, so I, I can't lay the points. So I think it will be an over game for me.
0: All right, a lot of us on the over on that one. Let's jump over to the Browns at the Jaguars. Jags are going to be plus 6.5 here at home, total forty nine. Smoove has a teaser best bet in this one. Let's
1: go ahead and see what Smoove has to say. If you're good at something, never do it for free. All right, so listen, why don't you give me a call when you want to start taking things a little more seriously? Here's my card.
4: For one of my teaser picks this week, I'll take the Steelers. That's a four-and-a-half-point favorite, them by six and make them a a one-and-a-half-point dog over the Ravens on Thanksgiving night. Now, since these teams' first matchup back in Week 8, both teams have been headed in opposite directions, with the Ravens losing four of their next five games, and the Steelers remaining undefeated. Now, the Ravens also have dealt with injuries to key players like Ronnie Stanley and defensive tackle Calais Campbell, and it doesn't get easier this week with more key players being placed on the reserve COVID-19 list in Brandon Williams, Mark Ingram, and J.K. Dobbins and all three are listed as doubtful, and I would assume they won't play because of the short turnaround week. Now, missing Ingram and Dobbins will significantly hurt the strength of this team, which is the run game, and Lamar Jackson has struggled to throw the ball downfield, so without so many key guys going into this game and playing so poorly, I don't see a scenario where they could compete. The Steelers only have three impressive wins of their 10 over the Browns, the Ravens, and the Titans, but they're beating teams the way that they need to, coming off back-to-back blowout wins over the Bengals and the Jaguars, and I think they'll play with some added motivation, looking forward to sweeping their division rival on Thanksgiving night. For my second teaser pick this week, I'll take the Browns as six-point road favorites against the Jaguars and tease them by six and make them a pick. Now, the Browns are expected to be without sack leader in the NFL, Miles Garrett, for this matchup, but they should be able to handle the Jaguars without them. Now this has been the best start through 10 games for the Browns since 1994, and they are increasing their chances of ending their playoff drought. So I do not anticipate a letdown spot for this matchup. The Browns also might've benefited from playing three straight games at home where weather played a factor in the outcome, but I think they'll be able to get by this week against the Jags and we'll get to see how for real the Browns are, when they match up against the Titans and Ravens following this week. The return of Nick Chubb has taken a lot of pressure off of Baker Mayfield and the passing attack for the Browns as he went over 100 yards for the second straight game and averaged over five yards per carry and should have no issues against this Jaguars defense that allowed the Steelers to go over 100 yards last week. The weather is projected to be nice in Florida, so Baker Mayfield should be able to take advantage of this Jaguars secondary once they established the run, also. All right, guys. There's Jay Smooth. He's going to go ahead and tease Cleveland and the
0: Pittsburgh Steelers. That is Smooth's teaser best bet of the week. Uncle Dave, I'll throw it over to you. Browns, Jags. How you feeling?
1: Um, you know, I hate this game. I worry about the Browns here. It's not like they dominated the Eagles, and if Wentz played just reasonable, the Browns might not even have won that game. And and it's no secret the Browns want to run the ball. Uh, and it's possible we see Minshew rather than Luton. I know they say Luton, but. Um, it wouldn't surprise me, um, but this is really to me a matter of how Cleveland wants to play the game. I mean, the Jaguars now don't have CJ Henderson and DJ Hayden in the secondary, so it would behoove the Browns to get out of their comfort zone and and, and throw the ball a little bit. I wonder if they will. Uh, I think if the Browns try to play close to the vest, they're making a huge mistake. Um, so what I could see here is taking the Browns in the first half and hoping that they recognize how weak Jacksonville is back there and don't just try to pound the rock because that could that could be a problem. But I'm thinking they won't do that. I mean Jacksonville's just too banged up. Um I think they could probably make Baker look good. So Cleveland in the first half.
0: All right. So Uncle Dave's gonna go ahead and jump on the Browns in the first half. Hitman, how are you feeling about the Browns and Jaguars?
2: I like Cleveland and I think this number is short. Now the one reservation that I'll have about Laying with Cleveland, and maybe you would rather tease them. The the one reservation is that it's tough for them to cover margin, just because they are so non explosive in the passing game, and they're such a run first team. And obviously, they're also without Ward and Garrett. But the Jags, they might be worse than the Jets. Like this could, or or the Bengals, this could be the worst team in the NFL power rating wise, despite the fact that they won a game where the Jets haven't. The Jags, the last two weeks, 4.3 and 3.7, 3.7 yards per play. They're down four their five secondary starters. They're down defensive end Josh Allen. They're down their best lineman, Andrew Norwell, LaViska Chennault. If they do play Minshew, I will upgrade them slightly because he is a little bit better than Luton. But regardless – the Jags are making an organizational decision to get the first or second pick this year. I mean, they, they're they just running out of bodies right now, and I, I really don't see the logic or the, the uh, willpower from them to actually start winning. So the Jags are near unplayable for me, and I make this game around Browns minus eight. So for me, it's Cleveland.
0: I would lean slightly to
2: Cleveland here.
0: I think that, you know, the last couple games for Cleveland has just been tough, you know, playing at home, dealing with weather. Um, I don't know. I wonder if this is going to be like one of those games where, you know, Mayfield goes out and has like a career game. I think that there's a possibility of that. Then I think maybe the Browns are a type of team that they could potentially just completely overlook this Jaguars team. And then you end up with, you know, a Jaguars effort, you know, like they went when they went into Green Bay. So I'm not necessarily sure. It would be a lean here to the Browns. But I don't feel very strong about it. Um, Yeah, I'll go ahead and I'll lean to the Browns. Let's jump over to one of the afternoon games here. We got the Saints, the Broncos. Broncos going to be plus five and a half. Total 43 and a half. My gut feeling says that this could be the shocker of the week where the where the Broncos actually go ahead and win. I know a lot of people are going to end up probably jumping on the Saints. I think this one is certainly in the running for the Sheeps of the Week. Now, I know it's hard to go ahead and trust Denver, but Denver at home, I think that they're just a different animal. The fact that the Broncos ended up getting a win last week, that gives them some type of added motivation that maybe they don't suck as bad as you know people thought they did. They did. I know it's not going to be an easy out for that Broncos offense going up against the Saints defense, but I wonder if the Saints kind of let down here too and they kind of take a deep breath. Will we get that same effort out of Taysom Hill? You know, will the team, gen- you know how the teams generally rally around, you know, a backup quarterback? I just worry that there might be a big exhale from the Saints. The fact that, you know, that, that they played a, a division rival in a game where they were only favored by a couple points and they came away, you know, with an impressive win. Maybe they come in here a little bit, you know, a little bit on their high horse. So. I would be careful with the Saints. You know, it would be tough for me to take the Broncos, but I, I certainly have to go ahead and lean that way. I'm going to put a little bit more thought into it. If I end up with a like on this game, it'll be it'll be on the Broncos. Hitman, I'll go and throw it to you first. Saints, Broncos, what you got?
2: This is just such a high variance game to me because on on one end, I'm thinking that I'm not sold on Taysom Hill. I could see with a week of teams actually getting to prepare for him and they get film on him that a good defensive mind like Fangio could slow him down. But then on the other end, the Saints, what are they like 6-0 and straight up and against the spread now without Breeze? I mean, they they just seem, to, the rest of the team just seems to pick up their game as soon as he has left the lineup over the last two years. So, it's just too high variance. I can't get a good read on it. So I'm I'm likely not going to be doing anything with it. That was
0: my original thought is I was just, I don't, I didn't know what to do. And then I'm starting to think and think and think. And I just started to fall on the Broncos. And I, and the more I thought about it, I'm just like, I think a lot of people are going to end up on the Saints this week. And generally when that happens, it's not a good thing. Uncle Dave, Saints, Broncos, what are you thinking?
1: Yeah, I like the underhair
0: sleepy. You know,
1: when are the Saints not the Saints? And I think it's right now. You know, say what you will about Hill beating Atlanta. But their 24 points was tied for the lowest offensive output this season. And take that further over the last three weeks, only the Browns have a higher percentage of running plays than the Saints. And the Saints are 26th in the 10 percentage this season. They're at 46%, which is even lower with Hill. was 41% last week. And this is a team that put the ball in the air 60% of the time last year. So the Saints aren't the Saints on offense. But defensively, New Orleans has the best DVOA defense since the 2000 Ravens right now. In the last three games, they've allowed an average of 8.3 points per game and only six second-half points. And you know Denver isn't running the ball against the Saints' number two yards per rush defense. Locke isn't suddenly going to get good. Denver's 27th and third down conversions. They suck in the red zone. The under is 17-4 in the Broncos' last 21 games with winning records. And the under is 70% good in the last 20 home games regardless. the Saints have no reason to get margin and Denver has no ability to get in the end zone, so I like the under.
0: Makes sense, Uncle Dave. You almost talked me into that one. You might have actually put a little thought into that too. Not bad, not bad. Let's jump over to the 49ers and the Rams. Got the Rams here minus 7. Total 46 and a half. I don't know how you bet the 49ers here. Yeah, hey, I can't I can't I can't find myself getting to the 49ers i think the time off is going to help them and maybe the fact that the rams have just been running tough game maybe they're a little overvalued here maybe this is one of those six point games i just i don't know if i maybe seven and a half i could take the 49ers maybe tease them up maybe tease the rams down i think there's a lot of things i can do on that one i'll let you guys go ahead talk me into that one hitman you can go first 49ers rams
2: what do you got I think the only move is to probably tease the Rams through uh, through seven, get it down through three, get it down to minus one. It's instinctively, I think that in a division game that oh, San Fran will probably keep it close. I know Shanahan and McVeigh have had a lot of good battles over the last few years. If anything, maybe I would look towards the over because of that, but... With the Rams in a revenge spot from about a month ago when they they lost to San Francisco, it would probably be teased the Rams or nothing.
0: All right, sounds like another teasing one there. Uncle Dave, going to make it unanimous? 49ers-Rams, what do you got?
1: Yeah, I'm going to make it totally unanimous. I mean, I couldn't get to San Francisco if I tried. You know, they're a COVID mass unit, and they're a mass unit pre-COVID. Uh, Debo Samuel, we don't know if he's playing or if he's not. Just too many injuries for, for the or the 49ers to take the Rams down twice in a month. So, um, yeah, teasing the Rams down. you know, I typically don't like to do that because obviously everybody's high on the Rams for their game Monday night against Tampa Bay. But, you know, I just think San Francisco's in a world of hurt right now. So I would agree with Hitman and you and everybody else that wants to tease the Rams down. So that's what I will do.
0: I think we have to take into consideration, you know, where the Rams are sitting right now. I mean, I don't think anybody really thought that this team would be you know, what are, what are they right now? The second best record in the NFC, you know, if they win this game, you know, they start, you know, putting themselves in a conversation where they're going to end up, you know, maybe with a, a potential, you know, very easy first round game, you know, they, they could even end up with a buy. I mean, who knows? Um, You know, maybe they go and give an all out effort. I don't know who they play next. I don't have the schedule in front of me, but um, maybe the Rams just go out and, you know, they do factor in that revenge and they're like, let's just get this one under our belt and not, you know, not go into this game lazy. Uh, this one looks like it's going to be the game of the week. Chiefs and Bucks. Bucks are going to be plus three and a half here at home. 52 and a half. More than likely, at least in my mind, I think this might be a preview of the Super Bowl. Uncle Dave, I'll go ahead and throw it to you first. Chiefs, Bucks, what do you got?
1: I didn't want to do this, but I'm going to. The one thing that stuck out to me when I looked at the Bucks schedule is they haven't had a bye week yet. I think they get one after this game. And I wonder how much a Brady look at his age Monday night is really a result of that, and I just I just can't uh, get behind Brady and assuming that that he's just going to rebound and they got Antonio Brown and and the Rams game was the outlier. I, I don't I don't I don't agree with that. I mean, we talk about the Bucks defense, but you know they're 29th in opponents completion percentage, and you know that's just not a good thing to be playing Mahomes and talk about the Chiefs. Defense being good, you know, I think teams have been able to run on them, but I don't think Brady has the patience for 60 minutes to not put the ball up there, especially after Monday night. You know, in the Bucs' favor, they'll probably win their four remaining games. But honestly, I give the motivation edge to KC. You know, they can't lose another game and have any hope of home field throughout with Pittsburgh being a game ahead of them. So at minus three, I can only consider Kansas City because, you know, I suspect if the Chiefs had, had boat raced Las Vegas last week, the line might be a little bit higher. And I hate to expect the same thing from week to week with the team, like ever really. But, you know, the box have just fallen short time and time again with the exception of the Green Bay game. and They need the rest, and I think they'll get it after the Chiefs beat them. So at minus three, I'll leave Kansas City.
0: For some reason, I can't find myself taking, taking the Chiefs here. I think I think my concern is that, like, the Chiefs kind of remind me, or actually the Buccaneers kind of remind me a little bit of the Raiders and the fact that the Raiders gave the Chiefs so much damn trouble in the two games that they played, the fact that I'm getting the Buccaneers off a loss, and we saw what happened when, you know, the Bucks got trashed. They turned around, and they put up 46 points the following week against the Panthers. So I, I imagine that the Bucks will, you know, kind of circle the wagons here. And the fact that I'm getting points in a game that I think that they can win outright, I got to take the three and a half. I like it, but it's not a strong like but I do like the Bucks here plus the three-and-a-half. Uh, that would be the direction I go. Hitman, Chiefs, Bucks. what are you thinking?
2: Yeah, if I had to pick the side, I would look Tampa. I mean, I, kn- I know everybody's talking about how oh, the sky is falling with the Buccaneers, but, I mean, they lost by three points to one of the best teams in the NFC, and they could have easily – they were driving to tie the game. At the end, so i I thought that was a matchup with two pretty good teams, and the Rams got the best of them. but, like I just said, I don't think the sky is falling for Tampa, so I do think it's a little bit of a line over reaction. I would look at getting the three and a half, and I also would probably look towards the over just because Mahomes has fared very well against his style of defense. If you look back and think, okay, which which team plays the most similar style of defense where they put a ton of pressure on the quarterback and they blitz heavy and play man coverage, that's Baltimore. And Mahomes went absolutely crazy against Baltimore early this year. And Brady is still pretty good if he's not pressured. If he's pressured, he becomes – absolutely terrible and that's more than ever this year that's been true in the past he could get away with it but now he can't but when he's not getting pressured this year he's played well and the Chiefs got absolutely no pressure against the Raiders last week so for me I would look towards the over and I would lean to the bucks. you know one of the questions that I had and this is something where
0: I think it would take you know a considerable amount of of the digging is you know how much time is too much time to go ahead and give a quarterback, you know, to go ahead on that final drive. You know, we we've watched guys like Brady do that their entire career, and it looks like you know Mahomes is starting to you know be able to do that as well. I think what what did the Raiders leave him like a minute and forty three seconds or something? Drove right down the field, scored a touchdown, game over. You know, I I just wondering though, know, considering the timeouts and considering you know how much time is on the clock, you know, if these like you know what the percentages are, you know, if you leave a team a minute with one timeout, you know, what are the percentages that they can go down and score? Because I think at some point these teams have to go ahead and consider, you know, here's where we're going to have the most success and and here's where we're going to screw ourselves. Is there any way we can get to, you know, get closer to that more successful point versus, you know, when we screw ourselves? That's probably a job for Dan or or somebody like Mackenzie Rivers. But I think that would be some interesting data uh, to go ahead and probably scoop up. Uh, Let's jump over to the Bears and the Packers. My Green Bay Packers are going to be minus eight and a half here. Total 45. Green Bay just absolutely puked all over themselves last week. Um, I wasn't surprised. I'm going to end up probably passing this one. Hitman, I'll go ahead and let you convince me if I make a bet in this one. Bears, Packers, what
2: do you got? Love Green Bay and teasers. Against the spread, I would probably lean towards Green Bay also. The Bears offense is 31st and literally like every single major category right now so this is just not just a bad offense this is bottom level of bottom tier of the league type offense and Aaron Rodgers and this Packers offense they're gonna score essentially against any defense and the Bears defense is good not great so for me it's it's Green Bay and teasers and Green Bay against the spread.
0: All right. You know, typically, you know, just being a Packers fan, and you you know that, you know, being a, a Vikings fan, Uncle Dave knows of being a Patriots fan, you know, that there are certain teams that your team just generally beats up on. And, you know, back when Brett Favre was playing with the Packers, I mean, it was pretty much auto. Just take Green Bay. They were going to beat Chicago. And same went for Rodgers, you know, early in his career.
2: Hey, hey, Ron. Take Green
0: Bay. They're going to beat the Bears. You make a good point, though, Hitman. You know the Packers' offense is just so much better than than the Bears that, you know, even though the number's eight and a half, it kind of makes you look like, yeah, the Packers are coming off of a loss. Now they want you to lay eight and a half. It looks kind of, it looks kind of fishy. Maybe you take the Bears off a little bit of a break. I think this game has a potential maybe to be a blowout. The longer that I think about it. I might even get greedy and maybe even think about maybe making a Sunday wager of maybe going ahead and just playing an alternate line with the Packers laying like 13 and a half and trying to get a bunch of plus money. That game could get ugly. You might be right, Hitman. That offense for Green Bay, I think, might be ready to go ahead and explode here. So that's some. just, I'm just trying to talk myself through that game. Uncle Dave, Bears, Packers, what do you got?
1: Well, I'm going to pass. I, I agree with Hitman. And, you know, 8.5 is a a lot of points, and I really tried to get there. You know, as bad as the Bears' offense has been, their defense has kept them in games. Um, But this is just a a different dynamic with Foles and Rodgers and the circumstances. It's a night game. Um, I'll tease Green Bay down, and I'll just uh, hop on that ship with you guys.
0: All right, so there we go, guys. That'll wrap up Sunday Night Football. Let's jump over to our final game here. Uh, Actually, before we go ahead and do that, we have a retweet Army pick. And then we have a best bet in a Monday Night Football game. Why don't we go and get into the retweet Army pick? It's going to be another guy here from the Sharp Square podcast. Uh, Last week, we got a pick from one of those guys. Got another one this week. Let's go ahead and see what his best bet's going to be.
7: Hello, this is Greg Ward from the Sharp Squares community. You can find us at the Twitter handle at Sharp Squares. My best bets this week are the Dallas Cowboys minus three home against the Washington football team and Dallas Cowboys to win the NFC East at plus 225. Last week, we saw the Dallas Cowboys have a very impressive 31-28 win at Minnesota. Meanwhile, Washington was losing 7-9 at the time of Joe Burrow's injury, which seemingly took the air out of the Cincinnati Bengals, as Washington then went on to win 20-9. Looking at the motivation for both teams, both teams are now one-half game out of first place behind the Philadelphia Eagles. However, what gives me Dallas the edge in this matchup is the last time both team plays, Andy Dalton had that dirty hit by Washington, which knocks him out of the game. If you recall from that game, none of the Dallas players went over to help Andy Dalton or defend him when that happened. That seemed to be a turning point in this Dallas team, as since then they played a very competitive game against the Pittsburgh Steelers and then went on to win against Minnesota. Perhaps it's taken Mike McCarthy a little bit more time to implement his system using four different starting quarterbacks this season, along with Mike Nolan's more complicated defensive schemes taking extra time as well. Taking a look at the Washington football team side, Alex Smith has been far less than impressive. His QBR average this season is now 46.3, which, if he were to qualify, would rank 28th among all quarterbacks. And as per Mackenzie Rivers, road teams traveling more than 850 miles in a Thursday game are 39% against the spread since 2006. Now, if Dallas were to win and cover this game, they will be one half game ahead of the Philadelphia Eagles for first place. Eagles also have a very tough schedule coming up. The game's against Seattle, Green Bay, New Orleans, Arizona, Dallas, and the Washington football team. While Dallas' schedule is no cakewalk, it's a little easier with the Ravens, Bengals, 49ers, Eagles, and the Giants. Perhaps this Mike McCarthy resurgence is true, and that's why I like Dallas minus three this week and Dallas to win the division at plus 225.
0: All right, guys, there we go with our retweet Army pick of the week. Going to go ahead and back to Dallas Cowboys minus the three points best of luck to him. All right, let's jump over here to Monday Night Football. As I mentioned, there's a best bet in this game. It'll be my best bet. So I'm going to go ahead and save that till last. Uncle Dave, I'll throw it over to you first. Seahawks, Eagles. Eagles are going to be plus 5, 50
1: and a half. What do you got? Yeah, I mean, I think the thing you got to look at right away here is the weather. I mean, it's looking right now like it's going to be kind of a chilly rain with some moderate winds Monday night, which is clearly the big reason why this total has come from 53 down to 51 so you have the 3 6 and one first place Eagles, who will probably be underdogs in four of their last five games, against the first-place Seahawks, who will be favored in all the remaining games. I'd love to find a reason to take Philadelphia. Why? Maybe because Seattle's a two-man team? Well, they're not. Seattle ran for 165 yards against the Cardinals, and Metcalf just had three catches. You know, Since Ertz went down, the Eagles' offense has gone from bad to worse. I mean, I just can't. I lean Seattle, but I, I like the under a whole lot more, especially if that weathers
0: all right, good stuff from that one, Uncle Dave. Hitman, Seahawks, Eagles, what do you got?
2: I agree with Dave. Keep an eye on that weather. And if you see it get worse or stay in the 20-mile-per-hour range, then you, you'll you look to play under on that. But, um, yeah, for the side, it, I, I really don't got much. I mean, you know what? I've been higher than market on Philly all year, and they just keep disappointing me. And I've just kind of been slow to accept the fact that Wentz is absolutely playing like shit because I was a big fan of his coming out and I was a big fan of his early in his career. But at some point you got to admit you're wrong. And I think I've been wrong. I don't think I know I've been wrong about Philly the last two years. So I really don't got much on it. Just like Dave said, keep an eye on the weather.
0: All right, there we go. So we're going to keep an eye on the weather. uh, Hitman, you have been – Anointed the weatherman for the uh, for the podcast, so betting predators weatherman. All right, guys, it is time for my best bet. Come on and wake
2: up! Come on and wake up now! It's time to shake a leg and get up. It's time for you to raise your head up. Come on and wake up. Come on and wake up now, you know it's time. Come on and, come on and, come on and, come on and, come on and and
0: wake up now. All right, I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to back the Philadelphia Eagles here, plus the five points. I can make a, a bunch of cases here for Philly, and it's hard for me to go ahead and make a case for Seattle. And I think the fact that Uncle Dave and the Hitman, and let's go ahead and just say the Sharp guys, are down on Philly, then I have to be getting Philly probably at their best price. And I'll just start with that. But I think if you take Philadelphia and I think if you take Seattle and you match those two teams up, I don't want to say it's a bad matchup for the Seahawks, but this is a matchup that the Eagles absolutely need. They need a team that cannot rush Carson Wentz because he's been absolutely clobbered. And in the games where the Eagles go ahead and give up a a, a pretty strong pass rush, Wentz is just he's performed terribly and we know the Seahawks have no pass rush so this is going to benefit Wentz in a big way and the fact that the Seattle secondary is just absolutely atrocious and that Wentz has been struggling you know to go and find time to get the receivers the ball and actually be somewhat accurate I think that that certainly goes ahead and that's going to help the Eagles offense here the Eagles are off of a loss and I think that that's important because if you go and you look at what the Seahawks have done all season They haven't played a team off of a loss all year long. So I'm not sure that they've gotten a desperate effort, a team off of a loss uh, all season. Now, if you turn it over and you look at at the Seahawks and and what they've been doing, Uncle Dave mentioned a little bit about the rushing. And I think that, you know, the fact that the Eagles rush defense has been, you know, I, I guess you could just say below average. The fact that the Seahawks don't have a full stable of running backs right now, maybe that helps out the Eagles rush defense. But I think that their past defense is is more than likely you know gonna be their strong suit, and somebody like Slay has actually been playing rather well you now if he can go ahead and keep Metcalf under wraps, I think Seattle and Philly probably trade scores in this game, and if I'm getting the home team in in more of a of a desperate situation where you know again they're they're gonna be trashed again, and it's gonna be you know let's let's go ahead and step up. This is gonna be the game where where Philly either has to put up or shut up, and this is gonna be the game in which I believe you know, it either cost them the division or there's a very good possibility that they win this division. So I think Philly throws a kitchen sink here at Seattle. I think it's actually a good matchup here for Philly. It's a matchup that they need. So I'll go ahead. I'll take the five points. I think this line is just way overinflated. I would make this line somewhere around maybe two and a half in favor of Seattle, maybe two. I think five is just way too much. I think it's it's, it's, it's just too much. I mean, I know enough about this Philly team that that's just too many points. So I'll go ahead. I'll take Philly. I, I would suggest going ahead and sprinkle some money uh, on the money line. Cause I, I, I certainly think Philly is, is live to go in and win this game. Uh, don't be, don't be shocked. It just comes down to a last minute possession to see if, you know, Seattle can get this job done here by one or two points. Five is just too much. So I'll go ahead. I'll make that my best bet guys. I'll go ahead. I'll take the Philadelphia Eagles plus the five as my, that that well that's it guys that's it for the podcast we went through and ripped and run through uh, all these games obviously you guys know we're doing this on Tuesday so we were kind of short on our handicaps you know one extra day obviously uh makes makes a world of difference we will be doing a money picks pod uh, I'll actually be doing that with Chris Dell uh for Thanksgiving and then we'll go ahead and we'll do our normal Friday and uh, we got college basketball coming up we got a lot of stuff coming uh coming down the pike here so uh, hopefully you guys end up with uh, a happy Thanksgiving. Hopefully you guys stay safe and uh, you know make sure you follow all those guidelines. Uh, don't be having too many big uh, parties with all your family members there. You don't want to be getting in trouble from the uh, the local government. Uh, but with that said, I'm Sleepy J. You guys can find me on Twitter at Sleepy J underscore pregame. That's Uncle Dave. You can get him at Dave underscore Esler. Pregame Hitman at Hitman425. What is it, Hitman 438, 428? Hitman, Hitman 428. Hitman 428. I'm going to have to write that down because I always forget. I'm, why don't you let me think of, can I think of a name like Hitman something else? Or do we, do you like the number? You'll, you'll have to
2: pay me and uh, sponsor me. Uh, So we'll go with Hitman 438,
0: right? <laughs> 428. 428. See that? You just got like 10 plugs to your Twitter, so... If, uh, I want everybody who's listening to go to Hitman428. Make sure you follow, him. Uh, and as always, Dan Rivera stats and information guru. You guys can get him at Dan Rivera228. Big thanks to Bernie Fratto, Mackenzie Rivers, and Jay Smoove. Again, like to wish you guys a happy Thanksgiving and best of luck this week with all the games.